0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Vox podcast, hosted by me, Alan Scally, and my fellow Vox aficionado, Salo Valerio. Hello again. It's the podcast that brings you insights and interviews from the world of Vox amps and instruments, past, present, and future. Just before we introduce our special guest for this episode, we'd like to tell you a little bit about the release of some brand new Vox gear this month, the Mini-Go series of portable amps. These amps are lightweight, lightweight, compact and can be powered by either mains or a power bank battery. So they can be taken with you wherever you go, whether at home, on the street, or in a concert venue, you can enjoy playing anywhere. They offer powerful and realistic amp models based on those in the Cambridge 50, as well as a newly developed vocoder the talking modulation effects onboard effects that let you create a diverse range of sounds a mic input and a rhythm machine that can play back patterns from different genres and two of the units in this series the Minigo 10 and Minigo 50 feature an onboard looper these features allow you to deliver your best performance whenever you want wherever you go to check out these amps in more detail, just head over to voxamps.co.uk. With more and more bands returning to live performances, it's been great to see so many AC30s back on stage where they belong. Our special guest and his band are certainly looking forward to digging their amps out and getting back to playing shows. Join us now as we head to Dublin City to meet with Alan Duggan from Noise Rocker's Girl Band. Hey Alan, how's it going? Hi, how's it going? Yeah, good, good. Thanks for joining us. It's uh, really good of you to take a little bit of time out of your uh, your rehearsing there or recording, I'm not sure. What Are you you in a studio there at the moment?
1: Yeah, so this is like our rehearsal space, um, which... We've also kind of started to double up as a studio. We've kind of just done that over the past over, over the pandemic. We just started buying a lot of a lot of microphones and a lot of preamps and stuff like that, and trying sure. to kind of I don't know turn it into a bit more of like a permanent spot as opposed to going to studios. Yeah, and we were kind of like looking at like you know like you know like the Beastie Boys uh, check your head and stuff like that, where they just kind of. Built a studio in like a rehearsal space and they just, right. just consistently recorded. It was like, we should do yeah. that. <laughs> like that's Makes sense, a sense. Yeah. thing to do. Yeah,
0: that's right. So how's the last year been for you in terms of writing any m- new material? If you had a, a chance to get some new songs together?
1: um, It's been, uh, I would say fairly mixed because we're, we're pretty slow at writing as it is like we're we're, we're quite so because because we don't have like a songwriter in the band in the sense that it's not somebody that comes down being like oh hey i have these five songs and then it's like oh we'll pick that one and mm-hmm. we'll work on that we we have to write together so it's all kind of like improvised sound here and then we slowly morph that into something um but because sure. of lockdown going in and out of lockdown we just haven't had a chance to do that so when when mm-hmm. we when we have had time and um, it's been very productive, but then we've had like these big long gaps. Like we had, yeah, like we just like Dublin just came out of, like a basically like a five month lockdown there. So yeah. we've kind of like built up momentum and started getting lots of ideas together, and then just nothing. <laughs> like, cause yeah. it's just, like just at home, just like okay, I suppose I'm just gonna watch like just the awful TV for the next while and just kind of yeah. know, kind of in and exactly. out. So yeah, it, it's been mixed, I would say.
2: Did you sure. guys try and do anything? any stuff like that over the web do you even attempt to sort of get together and try and mash some ideas
1: um, I mean we had we had a lot of meetings <laughs> like we had a lot of meetings <laughs> where we just kind of talked about like okay well obviously we can't put the record out this year so let's maybe push like an album like we were looking at putting hopefully putting out an album this year but it just wasn't going to happen so we're like okay mm, we'll yeah. have to push that and then we're, we're like self-managed um, so what we find is that we actually have a lot of practices that sometimes get eaten up by just being like oh, what are we going to do about merch? And what are we going to do about these live shows and stuff like that? Um, so that's the Zoom element that was actually kind of handy just to kind of talk through fairly uh, boring admin stuff. Yeah. Uh, but that that was it. Like, that was about as productive as we could be. And like, you know, because yeah. you know, it started to be like, oh, it could be great if we do this with the song. But yeah. if you're not doing it, it just doesn't really work. But yeah, so I mean, I suppose something that was positive was like myself and the singer Dara. We got Logic. Yeah. Um, for the first time i actually started learning how to record and stuff. Cause like our bass player, Daniel, he's like a professional engineer. He knows it inside out and the drummers, Adam, he's really capable with that too. Uh, but we didn't know how to do it at all. So we kind of spent like a lot of time over the year actually learning that kind of stuff. So that, that was good. Mm. But um yeah, not much, no, not really any kind of collaborative back and forth writing at all.
0: Really. Yeah. Sure. Well, that's good that you got, got the time to get into logic and use, you know, use the time like that. That's good. Yeah. How about, any shows, Alan? Uh, anything coming up? Um, yeah, we've got a f- we've got a few shows in this year,
1: which is kind of mental to even think about. Yeah. Um, because like I mean, we had like a bunch of shows booked for 2020, but they were obviously cancelled. Like every show in the world, like, and uh, then they were pushed to later in 2020, and then they were pushed to to this year. And it always just felt like this is just isn't going to happen. But then since like the the vaccination program started rolling out, particularly <laughs> over in the UK it's like oh these gigs are probably going to happen which is kind of wild so yeah yeah, we've got we've got a few booked uh booked in the uk from september onwards we're playing up in manchester for the manchester psych fest um with stereo lab which i'm really excited because i love stereo lab great um and then we're playing end of the road festival um which will be really cool uh because i've heard nothing but good things about that festival we're playing dot to dot in bristol and nottingham And then we are also playing a festival over in the Netherlands. Um, And then I think there's a, there's a few more that are yet to be announced, but like, yeah, we've got, we've got a few shows booked, which is like be nice for the, the bank account. We just good.
0: to start Like, you know, I know. And how do you feel about getting back in front of an audience? It's
1: yeah. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's like a bit surreal. I will feel a lot more comfortable when I get vaccinated. That's for sure. Um, You know what I mean? Um, So, but we definitely will be by that point. So that's grand. But, um, yeah excited ultimately like mm. it's it's weird because you know with 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 us we had like we stopped playing like shows for like nearly like three years or something like that like three three or four years or yeah. something so we're and like we're kind of used to like taking really long gaps between touring but it was just 2019 we actually started playing shows again and we had a bunch booked for 2020 so it was like oh and they all got cancelled which just like well, this is just normal for us, you know what I mean. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so, I think yeah, we're ultimately yeah, we are we are really looking forward to actually playing again. And it's just the last years has been a blur. It's kind of mm. hard to even kind of visualise it at this point, yeah. I suppose.
0: What, what would you say was the most memorable show you've you've ever played? Um, I don't know. There's been
1: a lot. One that really stood out to me was when we we played in Tokyo, because. Oh. Um, um, It's it's definitely the furthest away from home we've ever played. So that was that was like just pretty surreal, and we kind of just made like a whole holiday out of that. Like we we just we just had the one show. Um, we were playing with who else was playing that? Pixies were playing at that, and uh, Mono were playing as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, like that was really really cool. Uh, was it a festival or was it a? An indoor gig? It was an indoor festival. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, they, right. You know, so it was uh hostess who were like the label partners at the time. Um, but they had done yeah. this, this thing like the hostess weekender. So they had like, yeah, just different bands playing over two days and like this fairly big room. Um, and uh, yeah, we were one of them and we were just like, sh- like, it was just amazing to be over. And, we, they the, the hotel they put us in was like right in the middle of uh, Shibuya Square square i'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it but like the really famous like landmark of Tokyo yeah
0: where, like, the two cross- the two crossings right
1: yeah yeah, yeah yeah and then like so we stayed there for two nights but then like you know, we wanted to stay longer. So we just booked like the cheapest Airbnb we could get like around a quarter. <laughs> so basically we were all in the same bed and we was just like, it doesn't matter. We're in yeah. Japan. Like, you know,
0: uh, it's it's so. quite an assault on the senses. The first time you go there, isn't it?
1: Yeah. It's it's just like every, like even like the fact that like loads of the train stations have like a little song, like they have their own kind of song yeah. and stuff like there's lo- loads of that. And yeah, we went to like the guitar district where it's just like tons and tons of guitar stores and bought a yeah. guitar and bought a bass and, it was it was just it was amazing. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it was just so much fun. Um, so yeah, maybe 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 that one. But there's been tons. Like, do you know what yeah, I mean? Sure, like, sure. We played one in France before to one person who fell asleep on a couch watching us. And it was like it was a small room. we like we pretty loud. Um, so it was just kind of like it was that that was odd for sure.
0: Uh, definitely memorable as a result as well. Let's talk about some gear. You're an AC30 user. What what got you into the sound of the AC30? when I was
1: 17 or 16, I think I was 16. Um, I went to the studio for the first time with some of the guys that are, are in this band, but with some other, we had, a, we had a different band at the time. And, uh, it was our first time going to a studio and we were like, Oh, we need to bring our amps. And I had like, like this, like this really, really cheap, uh, Marshall amp. And the bass player had a really cheap Marshall bass amp as well. And we brought them cause they were big. We thought they were great. You know what I mean? And we, we brought them to the studio and they're, guy working there he's like he's basically like a family friend um of the singers he was just like yeah let's not use those amps and he had, the, <laughs> he had this really nice ham wired ac-15 he was like you should give this a go and um i typically play with a strat and it was the first time i'd actually heard a strat going through an ac-15 and to be honest I I, I I didn't know much about amps and I'm, i don't know tons about amps still but it was like really just obvious sounding i was like oh this is this is unreal. Like just the, the way you could really crunch it and really, really drive into it. Um, and he just put the hard sell on, like the the AC15. He's like, "You should totally get this. These are just great amps. You'll always, you'll always find use for it." Um, so I was like, "Yes, sir. Okay, I'll go, go buy one." So he ex- <laughs> to be honest, he was selling an AC15. So that's probably why he was putting on the hard sell so <laughs> much. But uh, I ended up buying that one from him. But like, completely fell in love with the AC15. But as I got more pedals so like the way i play is definitely more effects heavy um mm. like way more effects heavy um but as i got more i just needed a little bit more headroom and um the ac30 was the next logical step and yeah um, yeah so that's that's what got me into that and i've i think it was really solidified to me when we were playing we were playing a show in france at one point and it was just like a fly in and fly out it was like one of our first times doing that and uh, we asked for an AC30 and they're like we don't have that but we've got these fender amps." and I was like okay cool I'll give that a go and it just the way the pedals reacted to it were just it was just miles apart it was very 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 different yeah. um, so I was just like okay I can actually to do these songs I can only do this through an AC15 or an AC30 preferably an AC30 um, so yeah. that's that's just kind of the, that's been the buzz since 2014 I guess um, And yeah. um, so yeah like everything's just done through that um, so yeah, that's what kind of got me into them.
2: I suspect that with the uh, number of effects you use and uh, that sort of wall of sound you create with them, you probably notice a very big difference between the AC 15 and the 30 in terms of bottom end and spread.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, like it's do, do you have much much more heft in the 30. Um, you know, like our bass player, he plays like a uh, he has like an eight by ten stack yeah. uh, amp, and like we because we we have to turn our amps up loud to get the, the actual. To get the effects working properly yeah. but we sidewash them right. um on stage we don't, don't face them out to our eyes just face into ourselves okay so i can very clearly hear what he's doing and it's like if if for some reason i have an ac-15 it's just like it's so much smaller uh comparative yeah. to the ac-30 um so yeah you can you can really really notice the difference just the, uh, particularly with like the yeah the kind of low end and the kind of yeah. uh the kind of body you get from the ac-30 yeah, i already need that <laughs> you know <laughs>
0: how are you getting on with the bobcat guitar
1: it's cool yeah it's, it's really cool so most of the guitars i have are they're not semi hollow or hollow bodies at all and um, but i've always wanted one mm. because the way i learned guitar was actually through true playing jazz and my guitar teacher he was just like a, he was a big jazz guy he actually advised against me getting a hollow body at the time because he's like you're just gonna get tons of feedback which is kind of funny because that's all I use now. It's just lots of feedback, <laughs> um, uh, but it, it, like it made, it, made sense like for what I was doing at the time. Uh, but so yeah, so I've never actually had an opportunity to use like a semi hollow and use that with my pedals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's really, really, really different from the strap, but it's really nice and uh, it just plays really well. Like I don't know, like it's it's cool. I've been really enjoying it. It's like it's definitely very very different in terms of how the pedals are reacting with it in terms yeah. of the sounds that you're getting. But that's the kind of fun of it though, isn't it? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. it kind of opens up this whole other kind of sonic world. And Definitely. it just makes me want to play a lot of jazz as well because it's <laughs> just the, the nature of it. I just, I really love that.
0: Is it the V90 version or the single call? It is the V90 version. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay, yeah. 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 So like, which is cool as well, because there's like completely different pickups as well. That's so right. like yeah. the feel is very different. Pickups are different. Um, yeah. So yeah, really, really I uh, really enjoying that. Now,
2: yeah, the really cool Excellent. about P90 in a uh, semi hollow guitar is that you you get that top end that you'd get almost single coil like, but there is a lot more girth in the actual overall sound of the the instruments, isn't it? So it's a very interesting combination.
1: Yeah, totally. And even just like the kind of the the semi hollow body element of it, I don't know. It's just it has this feeling of like that that kind of P90 effect of feeling very close, but then the mm. the, the hollow body kind of makes it feel a little bit further away as well. Yeah. It's like it's kind of an air, isn't it? yeah it's just like whatever way it's going to my board it just it has this weirder quality that's like <laughs> yeah i don't know but it's re- it's
0: really nice really like it and also that i hear you've you've been uh using one of the little sdc minis is that right
1: yeah so i mean that was the, well, the first thing i got off you guys yeah it's great it's uh <laughs> like i mean it's i suppose like the way the way it's kind of like advertised or whatever it's that it's like this kind of like handy little travel guitar that you can bring with you which i wouldn't necessarily be using it for but i mean I like just getting lots of weirder guitars and like just, I think it's like that Neil Young quote or something like, where it's just like every guitar has got at least one good song in them or something like that. And mm. I kind of love the idea of just having loads of different shapes and sizes because it just makes you play a different way. Yeah. Um, and that one is definitely the smallest one that I have. <laughs> um, but it, like, it's cool because like, I, I, I need to get the action kind of sorted on it. But because I haven't, it just means the harmonics are really, really present throughout which is actually really, really fun as a result then, because again, I'm mainly just trying to get sounds off the guitar that are interesting. And because all the harmonics are kind of like very present throughout, it just, it makes you play in a different way.
2: Yeah.
1: And it also makes me feel a little bit like uh, Warren Ellis with his little tiny, uh, uh, what's it called? Like the mando caster. Is that it? Like, you know, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I was just like,
0: (laughs) what's that tiny guitar? That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Me trying to be good. It's (laughs) good. Good gag on stage, if nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <totally. laughs> so what, what first got you into music? Well, who, who inspired you?
1: Well, I suppose we're getting into music. Like, music had always been very present in my family, um, which I think it is the case for, like, a lot of people. Like, But it was really, really present in terms of, like, band uh, music because, like, my brother is – like, I've got a huge, very – stereotypical irish family where it's like my ma just just kept having kids so there's like seven of us and like her family there was like 14 of them like you know um but like so yeah it's growing up, grew up in like a really big family and I was the youngest and when uh like every sunday my brothers were in this band and they used to like practice in my my sitting room um it's quite funny they used to the way they used to practice is they used to all face towards me as if I was the audience which is like how <laughs> grow at the time I was like that makes so much sense because you're practicing for a gig but like only kind of growing up later, it's just like, that's really weird that they used to do that. But um, well, I used to sit there and just kind of watch them play all the time. And they were like, I suppose they were just kind of like, like a hard rock band or something like that. Um, but yeah, the idea of just kind of loud music was really, really appealing to me from a young age. And yeah, just kind of growing up then, like it just, it was always present. Like my sister was really, really into music. She got, she turned me on to a lot of different stuff. I I kind of knew how to play guitar most of my life, but not like properly. Like I was... Yeah. Uh, you know, cause my brothers would be like, here's, here's a, you know, a C chord and I just learned how to play that. And then, but I didn't know any, any kind of theory. So when I was like 14 out of my pocket money, I started paying for guitar lessons and i had done that for about two years. And then just like, I just got kind of obsessed with learning how to play guitar, done that for a lot and then started a band, um, or like got involved in the band. And then when I was in the band, it's just like, I just got an interest in songwriting. And then from there, it's like just discovering all different types of music just became like, just the funnest thing to do. Um mm. So, yeah. So yeah, it was kind of like being around family, but, um, Kind of forced upon me in a in a positive way. It's
2: yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You mentioned that you were heavily into jazz when before you you started working with the band and songwriting and stuff. Do you see some elements of that sort of poking its head through in some of those stuff that you guys do now?
1: Um I think I think not so much in terms of like the what the band sounds like at all. Like I don't I don't think we sound like jazzy uh, necessarily. But in terms of how I play, it's just even like the shapes. Like so, I I never do. I well, not the. Well, maybe I know. I don't think I actually ever do bar chords yeah. um, or anything like that. I always just naturally go for these weirder inversions. Yeah, and it's less so of just being like, "Oh, I want to get like a dominant seven on this." It's more yeah. just like, if I just kind of just mangle my hand this way, I'm just curious to see what that will end up sounding like. But they always tend to be more jazzy chords from what I would have learned playing guitar because that's the way I was taught. Was like, don't worry about bar chords. You want to do these like these stranger inversions of everything. And um, mm-hmm. so yeah, just naturally I would kind of go to that a bit more. Um, So maybe in terms of how I approach, you know, like most people, when you pick up like an instrument, you have that muscle memory aspect where you'll just kind of play the same kind of thing. So I I kind of have that, but with those shapes. So just naturally find like a kind of weirder chord and it's just like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. I don't know exactly what it is and it takes me a second to actually figure out what it is in terms of like the notes and stuff. Um, But it's definitely built from learning with those weirder shapes and I would have learned a lot like from like voice leading. Yeah um Where it's just like here's the chord and you're b- building the melody on top of the chord. Yeah. Um. So then when it when it was just me playing guitar in the band because it's only one guitar and one bass.
2: Yeah.
1: It just kind of felt a bit more natural to like if I was gonna like have any sort of like kind of chordal element, so I'd use those shapes and try building the melody on top, which ultimately got very abandoned because it's just noise. <laughs> but like, um. But yeah, it, it would it would find its way in that way. And like you know the bass player like Daniel, he's like mad into his jazz too. So you know we would like just in the space when we're just hanging out, like you would always hear like, like Charles Mingus would always be on and stuff like that. And you're like, even, even the kind of the more kind of free jazz stuff, like stuff like the thing. Um, uh, and like that's that's kind of more intense kind of sax tones and just Mm -hmm. that really kind of blown out Mm -hmm. stuff that that's always been kind of interesting to us. Um, so maybe in ways or like Chris Corsano on drums, it's Mm -hmm. like, Adam doesn't play like that at all
0: necessarily, but like I always, want to try to get more of that kind of elements in i yeah. suppose yeah, that's really so. interesting yeah well alan thanks so much for joining us today it's been a real yeah. pleasure and good luck with everything that's coming up in the next few months yeah cool Thank, thanks so much for having me i uh, appreciate that cheers all right all the best thanks. cheers bye-bye so that's all we've got for you today hope you enjoyed the show thanks for listening and see you next time